Hey there, and welcome to episode four of the Folkloristic Podcast, the podcast about the stories we love to hear and the stories we long to tell. My name is Bernie, and I will be your host. Today's episode will be the first installment of an ongoing series here at Folkloristic, which I'm very unoriginally calling The Creature Feature, in which we will take a deeper dive in exploring the creatures and beasts and monsters of North American mythology. In today's Creature Feature, we are going to take a look at the Wendigo, the monster of the North Woods. It sparks imagination and mystery. It can be a place of both wonder and terror, depending on how great your imagination is. And It's the genesis of a host of myth and stories. The deeper and darker the wood, the, the deeper and darker the monster within. Wendigo myth originates with the Algonquin-speaking First Nations people who lived in the northern forests of North America. Their territory spread from the Hudson Bay in Canada into the northern portions of what we know now as the United States, uh, particularly around the Great Lakes region and up in the northeast. There are a lot of monsters and creatures in Algonquin lore, but there is only one which was called the evil spirit who devoured all of mankind. That was the nature of the Wendigo. In September of 1907, the Mounted Police of Ontario, Canada came with a warrant for the arrest of a First Nations chief known commonly among the settlers as Jack Fiddler. He was accused of murder. But Jack Fiddler had never killed anyone, at least not anyone who was fully human, and not anyone who wasn't going to be of great danger to his people. You see, Jack Fiddler was a Wendigo hunter, and he had 14 kills to his credit. What is a Wendigo anyway? Well, they're residents of the boreal forests of northern Canada. These creatures are part human, part spirit. They appear as as an emaciated giant. Wendigos could be up to 15 feet tall, so they say. They have yellow eyes that glow in the dark and are said to make high-pitched screeching noises in the forests at night, noises that would chill the blood. But the most terrifying thing about a Wendigo is not its monstrous appearance. The most terrifying thing about a Wendigo is its appetite. You see, the Wendigo experiences insatiable hunger for human flesh.
don't ever be fooled by this monster's starved appearance. The Wendigo is capable of superhuman strength and speed. Traveling along at night in the winter in the North Woods was just asking for Wendigo attack. And up until the early 1900s, this was still thought to be the case. Enter once again Jack Fiddler. He was kind of like a turn of the 20th century Van Helsing. He had 14 monster kills up to 1907. According to the to, to Jack Fiddler himself, he'd killed 14 fully transformed Wendigos of or people who were about to turn Wendigo. Wait, wait, stop. Now, here's a side note for you walking dead nerds listening to this. Wendigos are not zombies. While they do both eat the living, uh, a Wendigo is more complex than a zombie. Zombies are simply reanimated dead people. And in traditional zombie lore, this reanimation actually occurs because of some sort of dark, powerful magic rather than a disease that has captured all of humankind as many modern uh, zombie shows and myths portray. Uh, we'll do an entire show on zombies in the future. But the, the difference is a Wendigo is a, a living person who has been transformed into this flesh-eating creature by a malevolent spirit. The changed human in this in this case becomes this way not because of some unfortunate encounter with the undead but rather because of personal choices and more on that in a moment of course there's no recorded zombie lore in algonquin mythology at least none that i could find according to that mythology there were two ways a person could turn wendigo one, uh, a person could become possessed by the spirit of Wendigo, and there were lots of ways that this could happen, wandering around the woods at night among the least of them. If the person who was affected by the spirit was left untreated by some sort of shaman, that person could eventually turn into a full-blown flesh-eating monster. So this was a very serious situation for the Algonquin people. The second way... Uh, that a person could turn into this Wendigo monster uh, was the most common cause. A person would turn Wendigo if they should ever become excessively greedy or participate in cannibalism. While cannibalism was not a part of Algonquin culture, uh, it definitely was a possibility. You see, the places where the Algonquin-speaking peoples lived were places that experienced harsh, cold winters. There's, uh, on record, uh, entire villages uh, being decimated, or some, in, in some cases, completely wiped out uh, when winter weather was particularly severe. The Wendigo lore may have been invented as a means to ensure that people didn't resort to cannibalism in order to survive. Eating human flesh is taboo among the Algonquin tribes, not a part of their culture at all. Uh, in a life-threatening situation, 
it would have been better for someone in one of the Algonquin tribes to die rather than to eat another person. Thus, the Wendigo myth uh, may have been used to ensure that people didn't eat their friends and family uh, should they experience a situation where that might be necessary. But as with all myth, there is a spark of truth behind this lore. Is it possible that the Wendigo story was used as an explanation of severe mental illness? There are researchers who believe this might be the case. Kreutzfeldt Jacob disease is a degenerative brain disease that has an accompanying psychosis in which uh, the person's personality will be completely transformed. It's a form of what we know today as mad cow disease, which is transmitted by eating affected beef. The difference uh, with Kreutzfeldt Jacob disease, well, you guessed it, is transmitted by eating affected people. In some of those cold, snowy, and desperate times, there may have been some who actually did resort to cannibalism in order to survive and ended up with this psychosis. Thus, the Wendigo story uh, was born. In 1907, Jack Fiddler killed a woman in his tribe. He had determined that this woman was soon to turn Wendigo. The Canadian government didn't see it the same way that Jack Fiddler saw it, thus came to arrest him for murder. Unfortunately, there were also First Nations and governmental politics at play during this time as well. Jack Fiddler's tribe was one of the last holdouts to submit to Canadian law. This was an opportunity that the government saw to remedy this. A media campaign ensued with articles in the national press about this devil-worshipping tribe of northern Ontario and their leader being Jack Fiddler. Days before his trial on September 30th, 1907, Jack Fiddler hung himself. His people went on to be a part of what is known today as Treaty Number no. 5 and Treaty Number no. 9 in Canada. They live in, his descendants live in Sandy Lake, Deer Lake, and North Spirit Lake First Nations, Ontario today. Wendigo myth continues today, mainly because this creature is a terrifying monster that makes for a great character on horror TV and movies and popular video games. Perhaps the most famous uh, reference to Wendigo in a popular character is in the character of Hannibal Lecter, the flesh-eating, serial-killing monster of uh, all the above literature, cinematic, and television fame. Of course, he did try to class up his cannibalism just a little bit more than uh, your typical Wendigo. A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. The stories of Wendigo in the North Woods do still exist. Lake 
Wendigo and the areas around the Wendigo River in Ontario being the primary haunts of this fabled monster of Algonquin lore. While it has been some time since any substantiated Wendigo sighting, one should always be aware of one's surroundings when walking through the woods. I really hope you've enjoyed this Creature Feature episode. If you want to read more about the uh, the Windigo, be sure to check out the blog post that is at folkloristic.com slash blog. And uh, there you'll find links and more fun things to read about the Windigo monster. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the Folkloristic Podcast on iTunes so you'll never miss an episode, uh, including the... Uh, other upcoming Creature Feature episodes and interviews and uh, more fun stuff that we have uh, here on the Folkloristic Podcast. If you like the show, could I ask you a huge favor? I would love it if you would take a minute to rate and review this podcast on iTunes. That would be really, really helpful, especially here as we're just getting started. Um, I don't have any reviews on there yet, and I would really appreciate it if you would uh, take a few minutes to, to do that. That would be super helpful just so that other people can find us, um, boost our readings in iTunes just a little bit. You can also support the podcast by going to our, our Patreon. You can become a patron of Folkloristic um, at patreon.com slash folkloristic. And uh, what you would be doing is uh, giving what would essentially be a cup of coffee a month. Um, I am uh, any amount uh, per episode, and I'm only going to charge for two episodes a month, so... Uh, you know, just a couple bucks a month, and uh, I'll send you an extra one of these Creature Feature episodes that will be exclusively for our patrons. So, would love it if you uh, were able to help out in that way. Um, that's all for this week at Folkloristic. I hope that you enjoyed the show. Uh, for my U.S. listeners, I hope that you enjoy the holiday this week with your family and friends. And for all who listen to the Folkloristic Podcast, may the rest of your week be magical. See ya.